We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day podcast. It's another weekend. It's your Saturday crew. We're all together. It is Jason Perrone, myself, of the Pack-A-Day podcast and Game On Wisconsin and the Quick Slants podcast, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, and Packers Unrestricted. Mark, as always, we, yeah. start, we start out on the East Coast and on the beach. Yeah, and we're, it's a little rainy here this weekend. Um, which, you know, I hate to sound like the guy that says, well, we need to rain, but we it's been a long time since we had rain. Cause remember, last week I said it was supposed to rain, but it did. Um, it's raining now. We, we've actually gotten some rain. So we met again, I, you know, so a couple of days inside. That's all right. I'm okay. getting, I mean, I'm getting too, too dark anyway. Everyone tells me i got to get out of the sun a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So Mark's got to fast track his tan, and over in the Dairyland State of Wisconsin, Paul, the last couple of weather reports have been very positive from you. We're into June at this point, so they should be. You're probably enjoying maybe nicer weather than all three of us. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this weekend it is going to be low to mid-90s, and I'll be honest, I'm not, I'm not sure if I'm ready for it, but i, I got to be, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Is that, is that, even, is that unusual? Uh I think they said that we could hit a record high on, like, Saturday because I think it's supposed to be around 95, so a little bit. But, honestly, once you get to the summer months here, those high 80s, 90s, just humid as heck days, they can pop up at any point. 
Okay. Yeah, that's the thing is the humidity. I remember when I lived, we were talking before we started recording about our past lives and where we all grew up, and I spent some time outside of Milwaukee, and I remember every summer there was one or two weeks where it would get into the near the triple digits, but obviously the X factor there compared to where I live right now, which is Phoenix, is the humidity versus the dry heat. So that humidity, just it was like a stinging, just heavy heat. You just felt like you were wearing it when and you like walked I outside. Said before, and like I said before, last week's weather report on, I think, Monday or Tuesday of last week, I actually had the heat on because the low was in the 30s. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's what we get. That's, yeah. That's great. You're on that dual mode. Your thermostat's on that dual mode. Not anymore, though, hopefully. It should be. Once school, oh, no. once school is, yeah, once school is out, like, that's all bets are off. It's, it's summertime. We can't go back into the cold months anymore. It's got to be, it's got to be warm. So, well, we're going to kind of take a, a break. I mean, this past week, there was some a mini camp, and not a whole lot of news really came out as far as the Packers go. And the rest of our crews uh, throughout the week have covered a lot of that live action. So our team's going to take a little bit of a break from more current Packers news, and we want to kind of talk through the history of each of our Packers fandom, how it started, what's you know how it got to be what it is, what the ins and outs of it are, and you've got two, you know, I, I I'll jokingly say you got. Two older guys and myself and Mark who have been fans of the Green Bay Packers. We got one old guy. We got one. We got one kid. We got a. You're in the middle, and I'm and I'm old. Let's, let's go there. <laughs> you're not old. Jason. We got all. We got all. We got all the bases covered. Well, we say what years we became, we'll, we'll see how old everybody is. Yeah, we're going to tell on ourselves a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, then obviously, then we have to. I mean, we have to start with with you, Mark Eckel, because you've been a fan, a Packers fan, longest, and I would imagine that your story is is pretty extensive. And we've talked a little bit about it in the past, but I'm excited to hear more it in more detail. So I'll just leave it open. Tell us, tell us your story well, of, of where you got to to be a Packers. Well, fan. here's the story. So I'm a little. I'm, I grew up in New Jersey, right? So I'm in the middle, right in the middle of New Jersey. So I'm, I'm you know. I'm not far from Philly, so I could have easily been an Eagles fan. I'm not too far from New New York, so I could have been like my father and my brothers, who were Giants fans. My brother, my my older brother Michael, is still a season ticket holder to to the Giants. Um, but I became a Packer fan, and now you say why? How? Well, my uncle, who was also my my godfather, and more of a football fan than my father. My, my father was more of a baseball person than, than a football person. I mean, he liked football and he liked the Giants, but baseball was, was his thing. Um, my uncle was more the football fan. Uh, he was a baseball fan as well, but more football. Well, being from New, New Jersey, and now we're talking, I'm old, like I said, so we're talking in the 60s, right? So is there a guy from, is there, was somebody from the Packers also from New Jersey? Yeah. <laughs> Guy named Lombardi, maybe. Yeah, could be heard of him. Yeah, that guy. Well, my uncle, my uncle was actually friends with Vince Lombardi, so they used to hang. I'm from Saint Cecilia's, where Vince was from and coach, and went to school and everything. So, um, all I would, my uncle would always talk about Coach Lombardi this, Mister Lombardi that, Vince, you know. So that was in my head all the time. Like you know, my uncle knows this guy, right? So I was. I mean, as a little, little, little kid, I was, you know, hey, yeah, Vince Lombardi. I was like, like the only name I knew in football was Vince Lombardi, right? Well, the, the first game I ever watched from start to finish, like sat with my uncle and my father and my, I guess my brother. My brothers, I don't know if they were there or not. They, something tells me that it was just the three of us. They were, my brothers are both a lot older than me, so they might have been 
you know, out with their friends watching the game somewhere else. But the first game I ever watched, start to finish, was the Ice Bowl. Wow. What a story. <laughs> That's awesome. Right? So, again, like I, I, I remember Super Bowl one a little bit. I remember, you know, the Packers won it, and everybody – like my, my my uncle, I remember again. My my uncle saying, "Yeah, they're going to kill this AF this, this AFL team. They're not even on the same, you know, same class as them, you know." And they did, and he was right. And uh, but now we're watching the Ice Bowl Cow, Cowboys, and you know, I didn't realize what I was watching. Obviously, I'm a little kid, but you know, I didn't realize like, I, I mean, it was kind of cool seeing that how cold it was and all this and that, and um, you know, Bart Starr and. Just his name, like, oh, Bart Starr. Hey, what a great name, right? So he became my favorite player immediately. And they win the game, obviously, on the on star sneak. And I often wonder, because when you're a little kid, you're you're Im- Im- impressionable, right? So I often wonder if, even though my, my, my uncle had Vince Lombardi in my head, I often wonder if, if Starr doesn't score on that quarterback sneak and the Cowboys win, but I become a Cowboy fan. Oh, I mean, it's hard to say because the first game you win, you know, a team that won, yay, the Packers won. So I'm a Packers fan, right? Right. Um, but I wonder, I often wonder what would happen. But thank God they it didn't star scores, and you know, so I just became from the from the ice bowl on. Now, I went through some lean years, guys. You know, I went through those mm-hmm. Phil Bankston and you know Dan Devine, and all the Oh, Dan Devine. You know, he had one good year, but um, yeah, there was some. There was some thin. Some, it was hard being a Packer fan, like in, when I was in high school and stuff. And, you know, you know, people laughed at you. you know? Although, thank God, the Eagles and Giants were, were pretty bad then too. So it, it wasn't like my friends who were Eagles; they, they couldn't rub it in too bad because their teams were, were 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 just as bad, if not worse. So that that kind of helped a little bit. But um, yeah, that's how it all that's how it all happened. And then. Um, and then I start. You know, I got into the business. I start covering the Eagles. Um, so my, I never forget my, my talking about memories or, or whatever. My first my first trip to Lambeau Field was to work. Uh, actually, every I've I've never gone there without having to work. But I remember like this, you know. The, I got chill, I hate to say, it, but I actually got a little chills the first time I I walked into Lambeau and actually walked on. I was you know I walked onto the field and I was like oh that's that's you know that's where this happened this, you know that's that's where stars that, there, there's the end zone there's the one yard line and you know the whole thing and luckily it wasn't ice bowl type weather then pretty sure it was like early in the year so it was kind of you know 65-ish or so but, now you um, say I get I caught I caught what you said where you said like hey I got I got chills but the the former writer in you kind of admitted that as a media member you don't really want to admit that you you have those feelings right when you're right. Tr- when you're trying to cover a game well no something like that I don't mind I, I'll admit like, like listen if if you don't get some some kind of emotion now again when the game like I had to cover the 4th and 26 game which wasn't easy to write but I and I had it's funny I got a lot of compliments from friends of mine who knew who know I'm a Packer fan that they said you know I, I know that game had to be hard for, for you to write but you wrote it you really did a good job and you wrote a very fair professional so I'm like because again when you're writing you I listen I'm, I'm a Packer fan but you can't I couldn't let my fandom get in the way of the fact that the Eagles won that game you know what I'm I was gonna say that's a very high compliment to receive yeah like my friends and they all knew how upset did I ever tell you this story after that game Andy Reid knew I was a Packer fan <laughs> we could, only because he and I talked about when 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 we got along, um, we had we we we, we talked about Green Bay because he you know he, he's a Packer fan to be honest with you he loves Green Bay 
Um, but uh, he actually said to another writer after that game, he pulled other and said, "Hey, how 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 how's that cold doing? Is how's he handling this?" <laughs> he swear to God. I'm sure he had a big old grin when he was saying that too. Probably, probably. But he knew, you know. But again, um, it would have been a nicer, a much easier and nicer story to write if if there was no fourth and twelve, as I call it, fourth and one. I don't call it the fourth and twenty-six game. I call it the fourth and one because if Mike Sherman would have gone for it on fourth and one, there would never would have been a fourth and twenty-six. Right. That's a story for another day when we talk about like the worst play calls in Packer history. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, so, again, no, no, but walking in the, just going to Green Bay. I noticed that the, what's that, that, um, the casino that's right across the street from the airport? Oneida. Oneida. And it just opened. Well, not, whatever year that was. That was my first time um, in Green Bay. And I, I went out, I, I think I went out a day early just because I wanted to see a bunch of stuff. And, um, I stayed there. I stayed there, and the, the, the casino part had just opened. Like they didn't even have like uh, table games yet. They they just had slot machines and video machines and stuff. But um, but I stayed there, and then I went to. I remember spending. I, I think I flew in Friday Friday night, Friday evening, and then um, which is funny. A lot of the guys that covered the Eagles with me, they oh we gotta go to Green Bay, and and a lot of them would stay in Mil- Milwaukee. It's an easier flight to fly from Philly to, to Milwaukee. It's like, you know, eight, nine flights a day, whatever, on different airlines that you can get from Philly to Milwaukee. Um, and then drive in, and they, they would drive in the morning of the game. I was like, no, I'm not being Milwaukee. I'm not covering the Bucks. I'm covering, right. I'm going to be in Green Bay. I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to this trip, right? So I fly in Friday. Um, spent the, I, I got a room at the o, Oneida. Um, that's still open, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. And now they have all kinds. It's a real casino now, right? It has all kinds of stuff. Yeah, they got a full slot machines, right. uh, table games, table, like you said, have, hotel, restaurant, all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm saying, and, and the Packers, I, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. I'm 100 sure. The Packers actually stayed at that hotel as well this, on the Saturday night. So I'm saying I saw a bunch of you know players and coaches and stuff. I'm trying to remember what I don't remember what year it was now. I know Holmgren was Holmgren was was coaching. And it was prior to them winning the Super Bowl. So it had to be like late 80s, early 90s, I guess. Because I, 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 I should have looked it up. Because I know like the first few years I covered the Eagles, they never played in Green Bay. They either didn't play them at all or the game was in Philly. Uh, but this one was in, was in Green Bay. And um, so I went there. And then Saturday, like I started to say, Saturday – First thing I did when, when I got up in the morning was, was drive over to the Packer Hall of Fame. Which have any of you guys ever ever been to Canton? I have not. I have not. No. The Packer Hall of Fame is better than the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Wow. <laughs> it really no. I, it really is. There's more things to see. There's more to Canton. As much as I as I like football better than baseball, Canton is not Cooperstown that has it all over Canton. It really does. I'm telling you, the Green Bay Packer Hall of Fame. I've been to a few team Hall of Fames. It's by far the best individual Hall of Fame. I mean, not even, not, nothing else even ranks. Close and that's the only one I've ever been to, so I don't have a frame of reference. That's interesting to hear you say. Oh, not even close. Like, like the Eagles have this little thing. It's like the, 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 Cow, the Cowboys is okay. Um, 
but nothing. Like the Packer Hall of Fame, I'm telling you, it's better than Canton. It really is. So I spent all day there Saturday, and then I went to the, of course, I went to the um, Packer gift shop and spent way too much money in there. Um, and then I went to, um, I, I remember going to, I believe it was Fuzzy Thurston's bar. Yeah. Uh-huh. Went there, had something to eat, a couple beers, and just talking to the people. It was I, it was a great, it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And then, and then I'd been back, I don't know how many times, since maybe three or four. For some reason, when I was covering, I covered 32 years, you would think I would have been in Green Bay more than I have. But the, for some reason, the, the Eagles, I mean, the, the Eagles didn't go to Green Bay a lot over those 30-some years. They really didn't. Um, most of the games were in Philly. The 4th and 26 was in Philly, the year the Packers beat them in the playoffs. Um, the Mike Vick year for the Eagles, the, that was in Philly. The opener that that year when Clay Matthews knocked out Kevin Cobb that was in Philly and like all the memorable most of the memorable games Eagle Packer games were were, were in Philly when Ryan Longwell missed his, as a rookie oh, missed that man, field goal I remember goal. that game it, it rained for ten seconds it rained for like ten seconds and the field got wet and he slipped on the one wet spot on the on the field some crazy stuff but um, yeah it was so I've been to Green Bay I guess three or four and again you would think you know I'm a seven year old kid or whatever I was watching that game that. If you told me then that, you know, whatever many years later, I'd still be a Packer fan, I'd be like, nah, I probably wouldn't have found something. I'll know but I did. I just I just stayed with them. Even through all those Scott Hunter, Jerry Taggy, Jim Del Gazo years, Randy Wright, it was, it was rough. The fact that probably not many of our listeners and maybe Paul and I can recognize half the names that you're saying there, Mark, just says it all. Whereas yeah, it was like those were not yeah, – those weren't as – Memorable years as we've been lucky to have over the past couple right. decades. That's what I tell. Like I meet Packer fans. Like Packer fans are everywhere, as you guys know. I mean, you can't go to a city in America and not find a Packer fan. Down here in Myrtle Beach, I, I'm on the beach and and you, and you see like you know a guy with a Packer towel or a Packer visor or a Packer something. I'm like, hey, go pack on. Hey, was, and then we and you wind up talking to him for whatever reason, and um, you know, and so there, there's always Packer fans and. The younger ones, you know, will get talking, and I'll say to them, you know, you don't, you guys, that you know, you don't realize, you know, you, you, I said, I'll, I'll ask them, like, so how, how old are you? And I'll say, like, you know, 32 or something, I'm like, oh, okay. So, so you became a fan, like, Favre was already quarterback, right? Oh, yeah, I love Brett Favre. I'm like, yeah, I said, so you, all you know is Favre and Rodgers, which is pretty nice to know. I said, you know, you didn't know, you know, the bad years. So I, I went. No, I didn't. I did not Bart Starr, but only for a couple of years, and then it went. Like there was no time between um, Favre and Rogers. Obviously, there was a long time between Starr and Favre. Yeah, yeah, several decades. A lot of decades worth. That's uh, it's so, a bad coaching too. <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of lot of coaches, players, a lot of history, goods, ups, downs, even the organization. Was, like, I tell you, there were some fun. I mean. You know, there were some years where they came so close, and that, that was heartbreaking too. Like they, there was a, there was a string where they went like eight and eight. I don't know how many years in a row, and like they, they get to that last game, eight and seven, and if they win, they're in the playoffs. And of course, they they lost. You know, <laughs> and this was before you got the scores, you know, instantly on the you know, on your phone, or you can go watch it in a sports bar. I never forget the one year. I think it was Bart Starr's last year. I think it was his last game as as head coach when they're playing the Bears. And if they win, they're in the playoffs. And, of course, I'm watching whatever game's on, the Eagles or Giants or whatever. But they would show you scores. You know, the scores would pop up. And the Packers take the lead with 
whatever to go. And I'm like, oh my god, they're going to win. They're going to make the playoffs. And then they go, and that, or no, they even went there. They even said we have, a, you know, and, and they showed the Packers taking the lead in whatever much time. And I'm like, oh my god. And I it was right near. Obviously, it was end of the year, so it was near Christmas. I had my my office Christmas party was that night. And then they go back to Green Bay, and let's go back to Green Bay for this. And, and you see the Bears kicking a field goal to to win the game. Yep. And then the Packers went up by one or two, and and I was like, I didn't go. I didn't. I skipped. I couldn't even go to Christmas party that night. I skipped my office Christmas party because I was just. I'm like, no, nah, I can't go. Yeah, not in the mood. No, not in the mood to party. Well, mm. so I thought it would be kind of cool is um, is to maybe touch on some of those those memorable games. But as far as the story goes, I mean, Mark, it's going to be hard to top your story, Mark, because you've got you know, first of all, is the ice bowl, which you know is yeah. an iconic video that we've seen many many times, and I think the Packers play it at the before every home game and. You know, as they should. It's a very you know, and if you want, I actually if, have a picture. I I have a thing hanging up in my in my house now. To, it's like a three shot, three photos, and like in a frame of Star taking the snap, going behind Kramer, and then getting in the end zone. It's like you know, it's pretty cool. Nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. As it should be, and if you go to the Packer Hall of Fame, they have that's on video. That they, they talk oh, yeah. more about that game, and you can see more about it. That's interesting that the the Pack. I mean, I've always enjoyed it. I've thought the Packers Hall of Fame is great, but when you don't have a frame of reference, you don't really know whether oh, it's it's, so it's one of the best or not, or or anything like that. I mean, as far as my story, and, and you know, Paul's, I don't know if yours is, is going to be my mine was is. It's interesting in the sense that I was born in Illinois. I was born in the suburbs of Chicago, but my my family wasn't really big into, into sports, so I, I didn't get much into football. In fact, I was more of a baseball kid when I was really young, and I was infatuated with baseball, and I, I kind of liked the Cubs because I was in the Illinois area. But then my dad got a job with Harley-Davidson, so guess where we moved? So we moved to Milwaukee, and I was probably about seven years old, and I hadn't even started really my allegiances to any any professional teams of any kind. And so football didn't even resonate. And the Bears were pretty good. I mean they were they were okay at that time. But again, I I guess I can thank my well I can thank my dad for not being a huge Bears fan. Because then I didn't I wasn't exposed to watching a lot of their games and I didn't become emotionally invested in them at all. In fact it wasn't until I moved uh, we moved up to the Milwaukee area in 83 and the Bears went to the Super Bowl in 85. So I was in the, you know, no man's land. I wasn't even a football fan. But when the Bears went to that Super Bowl, my whole family in Chicago, the Chicago area, were like avid Bears fans. So I, I kind of was rooting for the Bears in that game. I, I reluctantly admit that out loud. Uh, but what was what's interesting about that factoid, because that ties into me becoming a fan, is that the very next season, the Packers are hosting the Bears on Monday Night Football. And, of course, naive me at that time, for whatever reason, because, you know, I'm around Packers fans, Packer fever, I keep hearing about Green Bay, and for whatever reason, I don't know why, I have no idea why, I found myself wanting the wanting David to beat Goliath. And I just, you know, the Bears were just this, this cocky machine, and I lived in Wisconsin now, and for whatever reason, I found myself wanting the Packers to win, and they didn't, so I was disappointed. But that's where it all started. It started on that Monday night. It had to have been a Monday night game in 86 when I became a Packers fan. But I didn't really follow the team closely until 89. 89 was, for some reason, the light bulb went off in my head, and I became a, like an avid Brewers fan and Bucks fan and Packers fan. It was like I couldn't get enough of Wisconsin sports. And I was just infatuated. And, of course, I picked a good year to jump on the Packers bandwagon because, as you said, Mark, they sprinkled in some fun seasons along the way. And 89 was one of them with Mikowski 
and they okay. you know they came back and won a bunch of games. They lost a couple games in heartbreaking fashion, but they almost beat the Rams, some big, you know really good teams that year. And they missed the playoffs by one game. The Bengals had to beat the Vikings in the last game of the season on Christmas Eve, and the Christmas present was here. Your team went ten and six. They haven't been to the playoffs in over a decade, and you're still not going to the playoffs because that was. And right after that year was when they expanded the playoffs. Right. Exactly. Because I think it was it, they because they said, "Oh man, a ten and sixteen missed the playoffs." Missed we the playoffs. Well, and now you've got you know yeah, but we've seen and since then we've seen some seven and nine teams get in the exactly, playoffs, right. and you know so we've and we've talked about that before too. But that's where it all that's where it all started. So the eighty nine season was exciting for me, but then they go back into the mediocre mediocre ninety ninety one. Then Lindy Infante gets fired. Mike Holmgren comes in in ninety two. Nobody saw Brett Favre coming. And then it's Packer fever, but the the irony there is that the Packers finally get back to being good. They're going to start making the playoffs, and my family we have to pack up and move out west to the Phoenix area. And I'm halfway through high school, so I I, I finished Favre's first season as a as a starter with the Packers in '92 by by you know by the fact that Mikowski got injured. But I finished that out here in Phoenix. So the majority of the glory years, I'll call them for me, have all been from you know, 2,000 miles away here in the Phoenix area. So I've been a fan from afar. And, and as I've stated many, many times, and we talked before the show about, well, you didn't, you know, you didn't switch allegiances. It was very easy not to become an Arizona Cardinals fan. They have been, they have been a bad team since day one. They used to play at Sun Devil Stadium where I went to mm-hmm. college. It's a college stadium. It, you know, if you've been there before, it's okay. It's not oh, great, no. but it's not – I still can't believe. And, and Mark, did you go to that Super Bowl that was here when, they, when the, the no. Cowboys and the Steelers – I can't. No, I can't believe. I didn't cover that. One. I can't believe that venue hosted a Super Bowl. Every time I'm there, I just look around and I'm just like that. I can't believe. I can't believe they did this huge, grand scale event at at that stadium. It's just not. It's not built for that. It's not ideal traffic wise. I like. You know what though? I used to like covering the, like the Eagles played the Cardinals every year for a while when the Cardinals were still in the NFC East. And mm-hmm. you're right. The stadium was not. It's a like you said. It's a college stadium. It's not a. It's not a pro stadium. But I loved where it was. That whole Mill Street, I think it's Mill Street, Mill Avenue. Avenue. Oh, there's, yeah. I mean, it's it's right in the it middle of court. campus. It's good as walking a, distance. As a writer covering covering the team, like I stayed at that. Um, I think it was a courtyard by Marriott, which is like walking distance to the stadium. Yep. And as you walked home, there was like a dozen bars or more in between the stadium and the hotel, which I would probably stop at almost all of them. Um, <laughs> which was, you know, it was, yeah. The stadium wasn't ideal, but the area that it was in was, I thought, was a great area. Yeah, it's a good spot. It's, it's in a good spot, but it. But as far as the NFL scene, oh, and then no, yeah. and then Cardinals fans, you know, the, the the Cardinals sprinkle in like one good team every every eight or nine years. And ironically, the year that they have a good team is usually when the Packers are playing in Arizona, or they 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 end up facing each other in the playoffs. And of course, it's in Phoenix or it's in Glendale, and stupid things happen. AKA, see the last playoff game the Packers played in Arizona, two hail marys, they still couldn't win the game. So. It 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 just it's been been a thing, but my my Packers fandom has li- out, survived everything else because I have become uh, Paul. No judgment here, but I, I've become more of a D backs fan on the baseball front, which is has not been been kind to me lately, and more of a Suns fan than a Bucks fan. Although I thought you know I did I did think I was going to have to adopt the the Bucks this season because I thought that the Lakers were going to come back and run the Suns over and and I don't know who knows what's going to happen there but the Packers I've never wavered never wavered for one 
for one minute that the Packers have been the absolute. So I do the I do the same thing. My everybody talks about you know the summer vacation, going to the beach and all that you know stuff. My trip that I look forward to every year, and I don't care if it's in the dead of winter, is going to a game in Green Bay and going to Lambeau. And then the cool thing is too is I get a chance to see Paul. We get to hang out when I'm in town and catch up with some friends that I've made through doing all these shows and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's absolutely like the one thing. I, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think about like the game that I'm going to go to that season and the trip and and all of the things that come with it. And you talked about Milwaukee versus Green Bay, Mark. I'm a huge fan of cops. So for me, the first stop that I make after I get the rental car and get get uh, checked in to, to the Milwaukee area is I go to the I go to a cops. I got to get me a burger and a shake. Hey everyone. I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all of this for only $15 a month the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. 
That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. <laughs> now, I covered games. You, now, when did they, I guess, it had to be in a, I did cover a Green Bay, or a, I should say an Eagles-Packers game in Milwaukee one year. Now, when they played a county stadium, that's right. Yeah. It was the year, a matter of fact, I'll, I'll, I'll give you another good story. It was the year, might have been Favre's first year as a starter, I think. I think it was 92, right, or 93. Well, what about 92? 92. They eat the, the Packers beat them. It was an upset. Yeah, it was 92 because Kotite was coaching. Oh, my gosh. Man, so blast from the past. Rich Kotite. And it might, might have been 90. Whatever. It was either 92 or, or, or 93. But... Um, no, it was, it was no, it was it was ninety two. It was Farvin Holmgren's first year, and that started the winning streak. The Packers were like two and whatever, maybe I don't know. And they beat the Eagles. They, they upset the Eagles, who were you know pretty good that year. Um, I think they went to the. I'm sure they went. Yeah, they went to the playoffs and lost to the Cowboys. But um, the Eagles. Herschel Walker had a key fumble. The Packers were down. They they came back. They they tied it. Walker fumbled. The Packers recovered, ran the clock down, and I believe the kicker at the time was Chris Jackie kicked mm-hmm. the game winning field goal. Um, but I remember when I you've heard my Reggie White story. Well, one of the things that Re- Reggie that game was when Reggie really fell in love with Favre and said, "Wow!" Because that in that game, Clyde Simmons hit Favre and separated his left shoulder, and he still played. And he played the rest of the game with a separate left shoulder <laughs> and, played, and played pretty well. Yeah. Um, and yeah. didn't, didn't miss a game, didn't miss next week's game either, obviously. Um, and I, and Reggie, that's when Reggie said, wow, this 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 quarterback is something. And that, that was part of the reason why he wanted to go to Green Bay. Because, I mean, him, him telling me, you know, they have a really good young quarterback and I really like their, their coaching staff. So that game went a long way in making the Packers Super Bowl champions because they got Reggie. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Um, so I was gonna, I was gonna actually, I was gonna actually. I never went to a game in Milwaukee. I was gonna actually ask Paul. Paul, did you ever get to one when they when they played at County? Uh no, that was no, I did not. Pre, <laughs> that was pre Paul. No, 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 not quite. But uh, I was, I was young, youngster. That was a bad. That was not a good. That was not a good football stadium. I'll, I'll say that. Well, both teams were on the same side of the sideline. Yes. That that was just weird. It was strange. But it, yeah. most most of those dual purpose, um, they were more base. Most of them were much better for baseball than they were for. Football. Well, think about what the Raiders played in for the longest time. Yep. You could see the dirt. Yep. Now they've obviously, you know, but but the Chargers, same way Jack Murphy was more baseball than than football. Right. Uh, San Francisco, I think too. Right. All Candlestick, Candlestick yep. Park. Yeah. With the, with the Niners, right. Yeah, I mean, so, back in the day, there was a lot of. I mean, it just it made sense because you know to save money, I guess. I don't know, um, but now nobody does. There's not one dual purpose stadium anymore. Right. The Raiders were the last. Yeah, they're all they're all for one purpose. So we had it at some point. Mark, you and I had to kind of survive. I can't claim I had to survive a lot. I mean, I didn't have to wait that long for the Packers to get good, and they've no. been, they've been good for much more of my lifetime than not but 
Paul, I'm, I'm really intrigued with your story, obviously, because you grew up in the locale, but that doesn't always necessarily mean that there isn't some fun facts that go along with how you got to be to where you are. So take us through the story of Paul Brettel as a Packers fan. Well, as Mark pointed out, there's those Packers fans that have been spoiled their entire life by two <laughs> Hall of Fame quarterbacks, and I fall into that category. Uh, I was born in 91. As we all know, Favre was acquired in 92. So Favre and Rodgers are the two quarterbacks that I know. And I try to be very conscious of how fortunate I've been from a football fan perspective. Not that I can ever put myself in Mark's shoes and go through the 70s and 80s, but I try to be mindful of it. But for those of you who don't know, I am born and raised here in Green Bay, just on the north side, uh, north suburb of it, about 12 minutes from the stadium is where I grew up. And other than going to Iowa for four years of college to play some golf, living in Des Moines for three years after that while my now wife finished up school. We now live back here in Swamico on the north side, again, 12 minutes from the stadium. So born and raised here for the most part. And it's cliche to say, but it's really, it's a way of life here. It is. On Packer Sundays, if you were to venture out during a game, it's a ghost town um, outside of, of course, Lambeau Field and those few blocks. But it's just what everyone does here. It's it's the way of life. It's on Sundays. It's the Packers are on, and that's what we put on. That's what you do from the time you're born until, you know, as long as you watch football. It's what you do. So from that perspective, it was really easy to become a fan. Uh, I remember I went to my first Monday night game I think, when I think I was in, like, fifth grade. Um, I go to – I've gone to training camp practices every summer. That's been an activity my family does, and now – you know, uh, since then, it's something that I do every summer. I always take some days off of work to go. It's just the accessibility, and it's impossible not to fall in love with it when you just grow up around it. Uh, but as Mark said, when you're young, you're very impressionable. So growing up in Green Bay and in the state of Wisconsin as well, it's very easy to become a Packer fan. The history and obviously in my time, the success that they've had as well. But I think what drew me to loving the Green Bay Packers were the experiences I had when I was young. My grandparents uh, lived two blocks from the stadium. My grandfather since passed, but my grandma still lives there. She still parks cars every home game. And when I was four, five, six, I don't know, seven years old, all the way till 12, 13, and so on, and I still go over on some Sundays to help, uh, that's what I did on Sundays. I would go, and my mom would drop me off early in the morning before the traffic picked up, and I'd spend Sundays with my grandparents while they parked cars. So they're parking cars. The tailgaters are coming in. And, you know, you're five, six, seven years old. They're having beers. They're having a good time. You don't realize what's going on, but you're bouncing around, talking with them, playing catch. Um, it was always something I looked forward to. And then I'd watch the game there because the traffic is so bad at that part of the stadium. It's not going to get picked up. And so we would watch the games in the house. And uh, when the Packers would score, I would run out the patio door in the backyard because you can see Lambo from their backyard, and you would hear the crowd roar. You would hear the music going. Um, and so, like anything, like any kid, it's those experiences that you hold on to. And I think that's where my, my love and just, uh, I guess, addiction to it started. Because when you're young, you're impressionable, like Mark said, and it's those memories that you have with the ones that you love that you remember the most. And so I think that's really, really where the passion of it of as, and I absolutely love this team began. Yeah, and I, you're a little, you're a little spoiled too, Paul. Not just from Favre Rogers, but 
living there, like you said, and like I try to explain to friends of mine that you know I've been to Philly games, uh, Eagles games in Philly, you know, hundreds of times. I've been to the, the Meadowlands to see Giants and/or Jets games a bunch of times. It's there's nothing like Lambo's in it. It's in, like you said, you could hear from your grandparents' backyard. You can hear and see Lamb. That, that that's not like that in big cities. No, and it's there's, that's like, what it no is. Houses around <laughs> Lincoln Financial Field. It's all just it's a, you know it is where it is and it's, Green, it's just yeah. The Green Bay live right there. You know. Yeah, my grandma still lives two blocks away. If you're familiar with the area, Oneida Street, there's that beep. There's that BP, the beat up. She's kind of just in between them across the street. Um, but no, it's like you said. I mean, I, if you haven't visited people here, walk, like you walk to games, like you people live yeah. like where they walk to the game, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. It's like a college town too. Yeah, I mean, all the bars around on walk to the game. On Sundays, you know, the, as long as you're being responsible, obviously, if you're outside walking around with a beer from house to house, place to place, they don't care, as long as you're being smart, obviously. Right. But it's like you said, it's, I mean, Green Bay is only 100,000. There's, <laughs> I love I love it here, absolutely love it, but there's not a lot to do. I mean, <laughs> we were actually out uh, this past weekend, we had some friends in town, and so we were actually down in the Lambeau area, and there was someone from out of town who came up to us, um, and asked, what do you do here? <laughs> and I kind of paused and thought, um, <laughs> this we, we is it. We watched the Packers. <laughs> yeah. Because it's only 100,000. I mean, that's that's not very big. And, I mean, if you combine the suburbs, maybe it's 200,000. But it it's everything here. And like I said, just being from here, it's I feel like it's impossible not to not to root for them. But like I said, that that ex- those experiences that I had on Sundays, just hanging out around the stadium with my grandparents, and like I said, you meet new people, just playing catch with strangers in their driveway. Uh, the music, the crowd roaring, being able to hear that—that's the stuff that sticks with you. And I think where the, like I said, the love and the passion for it really developed. Well, and you when you walk by the parking lot too, it's there's different parties, different types of music. You know, different vibes. Everybody's got their outfits. The you know the fans with the yellow and green stripe overalls. Like there's certain novelties that you kind of expect and want to see when you go to Green Bay. And then part of the fun for me, at least recently, has been kind of walking through those neighborhoods that are nearby, just because it's just you're so envious of on game day of what that of that vibe. And it's like that's in your backyard. That's that's so crazy. Mm-hmm. It's it's the coolest thing. It's the coolest thing, and it's it's on here, and it is true for people who aren't sure if it's actually true. You you could literally not spend a dollar on food, walk through the parking lot, and and you'll end up getting food from various people's tailgates. Oh. I mean, everybody's so friendly. I did that. Yes, exactly. Yes, you should. And, and they and you know I'm telling them, yeah, I'm here to cover the game, and or, or they saw my my grandfather, and I'm like, oh, you're, and they they took me in. Oh, you're from Philly, you know? I'm like, yeah, but I'm a Packer. Oh. Yeah, well, here have a bra. You know, here have the have a beer. I'm like, I can't have any beer, but I'll, I'll, I'll have a bra. You know, yeah. And it, yeah, it was unbelievable. But like, again, I got to compare everything to Philly. If a Packer, you know, well, maybe not a Packer fan as much, but Philly fans aren't quite as warm, quite quite as inviting. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> now, a Packer fan, they might not. They might just tell you, tell you to get the hell out of here. You know, a Cowboy fan, they'll they'll beat up. <laughs> no, I mean, they, they they did set the redskin on on fire once. <laughs> I mean, that that did happen. That's not a myth. That they really did set a, the guy with that word of the long redskin feathers and long uh, whatever headdress. Yeah, they they set him on fire. Um, 
brotherly love. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, but yeah, Green, like the, the Green Bay fans, like they, they just they're they're the best. I mean, now some of them get a little carried away, like all fans do when it comes mm-hmm. to the team. But you know, they you know they get sometimes get a little, like I said, a little carried away. But but no, but as as far as treating out of towners, there, there's no place better. And I've been to every every city, so I mean, I'm not just saying this because I'm a fan. I mean. Seattle's pretty nice too. I hate to say, it, but their 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 fans are aren't bad either. Um, but Green Bay is the best. Well, Seattle fans aren't that bad because they don't know anything about football. They've only been fans <laughs> of the Seahawks for the past eight years, so they don't have anything else to uh, to reference. That's kind of tongue in cheek humor there. Let me ask this, Paul: Are there any? Do you have any friends growing up or and whatever? Even now as a, as a adult, do you have any non-Packer? I mean that. Just for whatever reason, as if are fans of the Broncos or the Charger or whoever. Ah, gosh. Off the top of my head, I can't think so. I mean, I'm sure there were, just odds were, but uh, growing up, I can't think. And the friends I hang around with today are obviously all Packer fans. Um, So, no, I can't. I'm sure there were just because, like, you know, odds are someone's going to want to be defiant or whatever the reasoning is. Or just uh, like you have a favorite player on another team. I don't know. That, that, That does happen. I mean. Um, yeah, I'm just curious. But again, yeah, that's interesting. That so even mm-hmm. there might be the odd one, but there's not many. No, no, 90 something percent are all Packer fans. No, everybody wore their pack. Like if it was a Monday night game at school, everyone was in their Packer gear that day, getting ready. I mean, it, I don't know. It's just, just what it's the way of life. So I guess you could say, Paul, they they wore uniforms where you went to school. Yeah. It was <laughs> mandatory on game day. It was a Green Bay Packers jersey or at least a shirt of some kind. So these are awesome stories. So maybe to wrap it up, because, uh, you know, we're, we're coming up on it. So just to, just to go through, I guess uh, we might have talked about this maybe lightly, but to, to kind of actually spell it out, I'll put you each on the spot and I'll ask you. So then, Mark, you've got a lot of memories and a lot of, a lot of moments. What was your absolute number one moment as a Green Bay Packers fan? Oh, when the Super, the Super, Super Bowl 31. I mean, because I, you know, like I, you know, I could say the ice bowl, but I was too young to really appreciate. And even Super Bowl one and two, I was really, hey, the Packers won. That's great. Hey, good. That's my team. But I, you know, I'm a kid. I'm a little kid. I don't appreciate. It. After all those years of, you know, the bad years and then the, the good years, but coming so close and losing to the Cowboys or you know, every you know, what seemed like every year in Dallas. Right. Yep. Because the guy, yeah, they, 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 Dallas had the better record. They had to go on the road, and then you know, maybe you know what? When in the Super Bowl, I'm going to say that was one, but close behind was getting to the Super Bowl when they beat Carolina. Um, yes, they, they had to they had to kind of come back in that game a little bit. I mean, it was early, but they, but yeah, um, yeah, that was those, I, I, that's right there with it because when they got you kind of. You know, I wasn't taking it for granted. Believe me, I wasn't looking past the Patriots. But to get to the Super Bowl was such a big thing for that for for me as a fan. Wow, I'm going to watch my because I well, I'd watched every Super Bowl, but now my you know my team's going to be in the Super Bowl. Wow, and I didn't. Co- it's funny. I I had covered all the Super Bowls from twenty all the twenties from twenty to twenty nine, and then for whatever reason we stop we start using other people. Other you know we we got hooked up with other. When NJ.com kind of came in, it, was, it got a little different. So I didn't, I didn't cover thirty, and I'm, 
looking back, I'm really glad. I, I don't think I would have been able to cover Super Bowl 30. I mean, as, as much as I said before about being a professional, I don't know. That would have been really hard. <laughs> right. No, for sure. Yeah. because The whole week would have been fun. The whole covering the week, which is more work than the game itself. Um, that would have been fun. I would have been writing Packer stories every day, you know. But I got to say this, too. I'm really, um, I, you know, thanking Andy for putting me both on, on this and then hooking me up to, to write for Packer Re- Report. It's kind of fun. After covering a team that I didn't really care about either way, the Eagles, Toronto's, and that's the way you're supposed to be. Um, you know, if they won, they won. They lost, they lost. I didn't care. Just give me a good story. Um, it's fun now writing about a team that I actually do care about. And, and and again, I'm not on the beat. It's I'm not a beat writer when I'm there every day interviewing the players and writing stories that I feel are important or whatever. But it, it is it is kind of neat. And I, I thank Andy a lot for, for for giving me the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, well, all of us. I mean, all of us, and to put us to put us three together. I mean, it's three different time zones, so we, we, you know, you guys, you guys and girls that are listening to the show right now, don't know what what three of us go through sometimes to come up with the time to record. <laughs> but uh, but it's fun. I mean, I love I love our group and the, the diversity of it. I mean, Mark, not to sound like a broken record, but honestly, it's it was the same moment for me too because that was my first Super Bowl. It was actually my first championship of any kind that any team that I followed won. So I hadn't seen because I was a Brewers fan for a long time. We all know that we're still waiting for the Brewers to recapture the magic. Of 1982, even though they didn't win that World Series, and uh, the Bucks, you know, same thing. Uh, maybe this, you know, maybe this year the Bucks finally get over the hump. But uh, yeah, that was that was the first championship of any kind. I would say Super Bowl 31 uh, in total, just because the way that they won was a perfect culmination of the season. It was far deep. Uh, you got, you know, you had the um, Desmond Howard kickoff return, so it was almost like the whole the, the whole season rolled up into, you know, all the things that got Reg- in there happened. And Reggie with the three sacks. Reggie with the sacks, like all the things you want to see that everybody got a chance to see. But I would say that run to, and I'd include Super Bowl forty five, but the run through because they were a six seed and the way they got in and just the way they won all three games, especially that game in Atlanta, was just so magical and fun to watch. Was uh, was probably a very very close second for me, but Paul, what do you guys, as somebody who's been more recently uh, watching, what is what's what's your number one moment as a Packers fan? Or maybe it's not even game related; it might be experience related. Uh, I'll give two answers. The obvious is Super Bowl forty five. Uh, so when the Packers, the Super Bowls you're referring to, beat New England, I have very little recollection of that. I think I was five at the time, four or five. I have some very vague memories of the following year when they lost to Denver, but not enough to... Yeah, you don't even you know, remember that. <laughs> be, yeah. be, be upset about it. Um, so winning that Super Bowl, because that was really the first one that I saw. And also, uh, I was a freshman in college that year, and while I went to University of Northern Iowa, my final three years, I actually played golf at UW-Green Bay my freshman year, so I was in Green Bay for that. Uh, hands down, the most fun night I have I've ever had. On top of them winning, just a lot of good times with friends. We'll leave it at that. Um, so that was obviously a highlight. But two other ones, going back a few years to the uh, the heartbreaking loss to the Giants in 2007. The week before, when they knocked off the Seahawks, I was elated. I remember running around the house. Uh, I thought they were going to the Super Bowl. Uh, NFC Championship at home against the Giants. I thought that they were going to go to the Super Bowl, so that was a memory that sticks out. And then earlier than that, I was 11 at the time, I believe, when Brett Favre had that game in Oakland after his uh-huh. after his dad had passed uh-huh. away. Um, yeah, so I remember staying up with my parents and watching that, and just the 
the performance that he put on and his his receivers balled out that night um but that's that's one of those games where i was younger but that one really sticks out to me as well yeah, that's that's a, that was a memorable one. I remember that. I actually, well, I had just come back from. I was living in California at the time, but I came back for for uh, Christmas uh, winter break. I was off work for a couple of weeks, and I just got back into town that day. In fact, I left really early, so I got back in plenty of time to to watch the game with my dad and my brother. And I remember just being so so nervous for Brett Favre. And it wasn't because I cared whether they won or lost. I was just so nervous for him, and I was just so uh, so grateful. I remember driving on the I-10. It's one of the most boring drives from uh, from Palm Springs to or from Orange County to um, through Palm Springs and into Phoenix. And I just remember thinking, how lucky are we that this this guy is going to play a day after like not just losing his dad, but losing his dad suddenly out of nowhere. And that was that was far. That was absolutely far. That's an awesome pick. For absolute sure, these were kind of fun stories. I feel like I, you know, we've been working together for a long time, but you know, you learn something new every single every single week. I'm sure there's going to be some sure. more nuggets of to to come along. But uh, before we before we jump off here, Mark, since you're now doing uh, your 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 passion project is kind of <laughs> writing about the Packers. What's going on over at Packer Report this next week? Well, uh, I have a story up now on the tight ends, just how crap the a crowded tight end room and I'm trying to sort out you know they may actually keep five tight ends which would be that's almost that's over nine percent of the roster would be tight ends so I kind of break the tight ends down uh the coming week let's see what happens uh the mini camp's coming up the mandatory mini camp is next week right mm-hmm. so that's gonna be interesting to see who's actually there um and who's not there who's not there um, so we'll see what happens um, I'll, I'll wait I think next week will be a little newsy it could be, yeah. Next next week could have a little bit of Paul. Ready? One, two, three. Buzz. <laughs> <laughs> could have a little bit of buzz. So Paul Mark, over at Mark's favorite word. Buzz. There might be actual news. <laughs> actual news, not just buzz. Real stuff. So over at Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, and upcoming with Packers Unrestricted. Paul, what we got to look forward to. Uh, a couple articles that I had out recently was looking at the Packers rookie class and how the team put an emphasis on special teams. Uh, we know how much of an issue that's been. And then at Cheesehead TV on Friday, I took a look at the how are the Packers going to split up snaps between Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary. I know when Mark brought up Preston Smith last week, we touched on that a little bit, and I think that's just something It's going to be something interesting to watch. Uh, maybe a little bit as training camp unfolds when that takes place, if depending probably not much we can glean from that but certainly once the season begins yeah awesome and i'll have quick slants podcast out on wednesday as usual so hopefully the news hits earlier than not next week otherwise with my luck i'll I'll do a show and then two hours after it comes out something will happen or something will go down so this was a fun one guys thanks for the uh the awesome conversation everybody Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We are now into June. Hard to believe 2021 is almost half over, but that does mean that training camp opens next month because it's now June. So that's fantastic news for those of us that are very excited and champing at the bit for some Packers football. Everybody enjoy the rest of your weekend. Be safe and go Pack Go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.